Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft in the MR Running Pains podcast. Come to you today with a, a solo episode. Uh, I'm going to kind of update on um, my training, but I want to talk about some principles that uh, that I'm following. Um, that you know, kind of my coach Patrick Regan and I we uh, we work together. We communicate um, just to make sure I'm in the best place that I can be. That I'm I'm recovering and feeling good about my training. Um, so I'm going to talk about some of that and how we got to that place. How did it, you know, coach Patrick and I get to where we are now? Cause it wasn't always like that. Um, but I also had a great question come in. Um, so Kathleen asked about, you know, preparing for a race and in that preparation, you know, what happens if you're just not feeling it in training? Like what, what can you do? What should you expect? Um, how do you cope with that? Um, or how do you move forward, uh, which is a great question. So, um, I've got, you know, that question to answer and then, you know, kind of a multi-pronged, um, episode here with my own training and, um, <clears throat> how I communicate with my coach. Um, I think the two kind of, uh, or yeah, the two topics kind of really meld well together. Um, you know, when your training is just not going the way, uh, you want it to, what can you do? So, um, Let's uh, let's just start with with where I'm at. Um, I, I've had a number of people kind of, you know, how can I follow along your training? How can I, um, you know, hear updates? And so, um, you know, one way is obviously to follow me on Strava. On Strava, uh, it's under Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains. So you can you can find me on Strava. Links in the show notes if you want to follow me there. Um, it's you know a place that folks ask me questions, um, and uh, you know you can see what I'm up to, uh, how things are going. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about that because, uh, there's, there's caveats that come with looking at people's Strava and seeing what they're doing and comparing it to your own or trying to adapt, you know, what you see to your own training. So I want to make sure that I, uh, I, I give you, uh, an understanding of where I've come from and, you know, where I'm at now and why I'm at where I'm at now, because <laughs> I don't want people just to kind of jump into training, um, and, you know, seek higher mileage, higher volume, and I don't want you to get hurt. So, um, we're going to talk about, you know, some of these, some of these things that I do, what I do, what I do, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, just to kind of circle around, um, you know, for those that may be listening to the podcast for the first time, you know, those that have been listening, know I am going after the grand slam of ultra running this year. The Grand Slam consists of uh, Western States Endurance Run in June, the Vermont 100 in July, Leadville 100 in August, and the Wasatch 100 in September. You can also include in there um, the Old Dominion 100 in Virginia. That is also in June. It is before Western States. I'm also signed up for Old Dominion. It is kind of a backup plan as to if any of the others did not work out. Now, as it stands right now, as I record this on March 22nd, um, I just received word this morning that I had the code to register for Leadville. Um, those of you that, that know I am raising money for Vermont and I am raising money for Leadville. I have received charity spots. Now, I have reached my fundraising goal, but this is for a very worthy cause. So if you can contribute, 
the links are in the show notes. Um, if you can contribute to either campaign, the Vermont is run for the Vermont adaptive. It is for adaptive athletes, not only to ski. Uh, I think that's kind of confused, uh, because it used to be the, um, the Vermont adaptive skiing, uh, but it is for uh, all sports you know, what this, uh, Vermont adaptive organization does is that it provides the funds for equipment and, um, you know, whatever recreational fees they may incur, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's sought as a skiing, um, foundation because, you know, there's, there's such expenses to skiing, especially for adaptive athletes, um, you know, be it the equipment or be it the ski lift, um, which they cover both. Um, but you know, Vermont adaptive works with, um, people that want to run or mountain bike or, you know, do whatever water sports it may be. Um, you know, they help these athletes get into sport and that is obviously for the Vermont race. Um, I'm raising, um, raising money for the Vermont Adaptive. Now for Leadville, I wanted to keep a similar theme. So I um, sought out the Challenged Athlete Foundation. And the Challenged Athlete Foundation is a West Coast-based company, but they have the same mission to provide the opportunities for challenged athletes, um, be it uh, a physical disability or whatever it may be, that they may be, you know, have the opportunities to participate in sport. Um, it, it is, um, a tremendous, tremendous why, um, as you know, as I've seen these, these campaigns grow, um, as I've, you know, heard athletes speak, uh, watch videos, it just gives me such tremendous inspiration and motivation to complete these races. So my why is only growing. Um, and I can't thank those that have contributed to these campaigns enough. I'm honestly, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for making contributions. You are making the difference in these athletes' lives. Um, you know, I, I, I want to recognize that. Um, we are close to raising eight thousand uh, dollars for you know between the two campaigns together, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I had to raise um, four thousand dollars. It was my commitment, 1500 for the Vermont Adaptive and 2500 for the Challenged Athlete Foundation. Um, as I said, I've reached those, but we continue to raise money for these athletes, and I think it's wonderful. So, again, if you can contribute to either campaign, the links are in the show notes. Um, not only does it mean the world to me to, you know, to, to show your support for what I'm trying to do, but it means the world to uh, these athletes, which in turn means even more to me. So if you can contribute from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Um, I'd love to see $10,000 raised, um, you know, as, as, as a personal goal, I'd love to see that if we can reach that together. Um, you know, in part of this, I had to contribute myself. So, um, I, you know, I, I made my contribution. So, um, I, but whatever you can do, if you can, you know, donate $5, that's tremendous. I, uh, I couldn't be more grateful for whatever you can contribute to these. Um, it's just wonderful. Uh, cause I, uh, providing these opportunities to these athletes, I, you know, as I said, listening to what these foundations have done for these athletes and seeing uh, the joy uh, that it's brought to their lives, some semblance of uh, maybe what was normalcy for them and was taken away by an injury or a disease, uh, you know, just having the capability to do something like this, it's just it just means the world to the athlete, you know, as, as you can imagine, imagine if running was taken away from you for some reason and you were presented a, a viable way to participate again in the sport. Um, wouldn't you jump at that opportunity? And that's what we're giving these athletes is that chance to, uh, to participate in sport again. So 
I, I thank you um, for that. So again, check out the show notes. Um, you know, if, if you have questions, want to hear more, uh, you can look up the, the organizations, learn more about them, find out more about the athletes. But that's how I got my entries into Vermont and Leadville. And again, Leadville sent me my code today. Um, I, as I said, I fulfilled my, my um, fundraising obligation, but I don't want to stop there. I'd love to continue to raise funds for these. So that's why I, I'm, you know, I'm presenting this right now. So thank you. Um, so if you can take a moment and just jump into the show notes, click one of those links and donate. Uh, thank you. I, uh, obviously, it's it's just such a great such a great thing. Um, but now I have registered. I have registered for all five races. I suspect that I will be giving up my spot at Old Dominion as it stands right now. Um, Western States looks like it's 100% go, even with the amount of snow that they have there right now. I was to a podcast the other day, uh, have crack a brew with AJW, um, and Craig Thornley, the Western States race director, was on there. Um, looks like all trails are viable and usable options. So as it stands right now, Western States is a go. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, that I hope will be my first race. Uh, I, I really want to put my energies into a sub 24 hour finish at Western States. Um, and three weeks later is Vermont. I'd love to PR at Vermont. If I'm recovered, very runnable course. Um, you know, my, my PR as it stands right now, I believe is 19 hours. I want to say, um, I'd have to look back. <laughs> uh, that was at Chattanooga, um, in 2018, I want to say. Um, but, uh, love to, to crack that PR if I can. Um, then five weeks later is Leadville. Um, Leadville is obviously uh, a challenge in, in multiple regards, um, being the altitude and being race number three. So my goal there is, uh, I think it's sub 30 gets you the big buckle. So that's, that's where I'm shooting for is just get that big buckle. <laughs> um, and then lastly, Wasatch, <coughs> Wasatch, I think is probably the most challenging of the three courses due to the amount of elevation gain and altitude. Um, so finishing it off with a very tough race, but, um, I have a provisional entry into Wasatch. I did not get in through the lottery, but being a grand slammer, I am given, um, the provisional entry, um, just with the provision that I have to finish three of the races prior in order to gain my entry, uh, into Wasatch. So, um, if I finish uh, Western States, Vermont and Leadville, I will be granted entry into Wasatch and be able to toe the line to try to finish it off. So, um, really tough challenge. Um, really excited about this. Uh, you know, we have these audacious goals, uh, as I spoke with one of my athletes today, uh, it's, we don't know, you know, obviously we don't know if we can finish. And I think that's part of, uh, you know, the answer for Kathleen is we never know like how a race is going to go at whatever distance. We really don't. Sure. You know, if you're running a 5k half marathon, even a marathon, you're most likely can finish. Maybe you're not going to get your A goal, but you're most likely going to be able to finish. But this one, so much can go wrong, right? There's just so many opportunities for the race not to go right. You know, so many conditions, uh, so much distance, uh, the amount of, you know, recovery, injury potential. There's just so many things that have to go right um, for this to, to take place and for it to happen. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for all of the possibilities. Uh, one condition to race Vermont, uh, and this, you know, kind of came on me today. Um, I knew about the condition, which is to finish a 50 mile race in under 12 hours. And, um, you know, those that have been following along, I was registered for the rim runner 50 miler next week in Tennessee. It's in Sewanee, um, in the Franklin state forest. 
and we received word today that the race was canceled. Um, I woke up this morning to work at 4.30, and you know, what, what did I come to find out? The race was canceled. Now, we had some semblance or some idea that we were going to have some problems because the 100-miler for the race was canceled due to the fact that the forest was restricting hours of usage um, to daylight hours. So, um, unfortunately, the 100-miler had to be canceled because, you know, obviously they could not run through the night. Um, what ended up happening, and this is due to park usage by other users. I don't want to blame any one group, but, um, unfortunately they closed the forest to all park usage, uh, which obviously is really hard, uh, you know, on all users, but you know, they could not make an exception for this permitted group of us to race. So they had to cancel the race, which was really tough. So at 4.30 this morning, reading that, I went to work, went right on to ultra sign up and started perusing what options did I have, um, you know, to kind of put this in. Now, April 1st, it just kind of fell into my schedule. Um, I could have done one, you know, later in my training, obviously, um, but I wanted to get this out of the way and have adequate time to recover and train for Western states. Um, you know, it was a good time to, to build up to this distance, uh, run this race, take a little recovery, and then rent back up for Western States. So, um, you know, I try to find something within that timeline. I found the bootlegger, which is just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it had a 50 mile distance. Unfortunately, the race was sold out. So I reached right out to the race directors said, is there a wait list? And if so, can I get on it? Um, I went for my run. Um, I was, I, I really, you know, I, I, I was trying to wrap my mind around why I was so disappointed. Uh, why was I so frustrated? I was, I was frustrated that, you know, the race was canceled and, you know, I recognized that it was, it was out of my hands, you know, that, that it was something, you know, beyond the race directors. I wasn't frustrated at the race directors. I recognized that I wasn't frustrated at the race. I wasn't frustrated at the forest for, you know, making the decision. I think I was frustrated at the user group for being so irresponsible. So, you know, with that, we have to remember, we always have to be good stewards of the forest, especially if we're racing right? So if you're racing, please be mindful, be mindful of the other users. Remember that they're out there for their enjoyment. They have just as much right, even though we paid to be there for the event, they have just as much right to be there. So please be uh, responsible, be kind uh, to the other users, even other user groups, especially be, um, you know, be respectful of the forest itself, pick up your trash, don't drop stuff. Um, you know, just really try to try to be a good, good person. You know, we usually are. And it's just a, a reminder that we can lose these things. Right. And that's, that's what I want to, I want to state is just, so I think my frustration was with the user group that forced this shutdown. Um, so moving past that, you know, it, it took, um, it actually, they responded pretty quick. Um, I got done with my run and, you know, checked my email and there it was an invitation to register. Um, I read the, the race director's response. He had somebody drop out yesterday. Uh, so a spot did open up and I was the first person to ask. So, um, it wasn't a favor to me. There was no, you know, uh, privilege or specialty shown, uh, to, to me. Uh, I was, I was the first one to ask. So, um, I spoke with my wife, making sure that it was okay that we switched plans to go to Georgia. Obviously we weren't going to Tennessee. Um, you know, we had a backup plan of potentially going out to Brazos in Texas. Um, if, if this one didn't work out, 
uh, which, you know, it was a tough decision because I really would have liked to have run Brazos. But, you know, uh, with the finances and the way things are, especially with how much, you know, money we're shelling out for all the travel and races and such that I'm already doing, um, <clears throat> it, it just made more sense for, for the family that we go to Georgia. Um, now, the Georgia race is a five-lap uh, course for 50 miles. Uh, it says there's 665 feet of gain. So not a lot of gain, very runnable. So, um, I'm hoping it's not too technical. Uh, my ankle is still not a hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I, I rolled it again, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, uh, it's just not quite strong enough for super technical. Cause, um, you know, uh, we have, we have some other races that I potentially could have done. Um, I just didn't want to chance my ankle. I'd like to, um, you know, be as safe as I can that I don't injure myself and set myself back. So, um, this one seemed to make the most sense. Uh, and it was just great that they, uh, had a spot open up just kind of seemed like, you know, maybe it was a little bit of fate that I run this race. So, uh, so I'll be running the bootlegger instead after going through all of that. Um, and very grateful for that opportunity. Uh, I am super grateful. Um, a lap course is not my bread and butter, <laughs> um, not my favorite thing, but, um, there are some benefits to it. Um, it, it's, you know, very, uh, crew and, um, uh, uh, crew and runner friendly because there's an aid station halfway through the loop. So easy access for, for them to, to see me, to switch out, you know, whatever I may need. Um, not that I can't carry what I need for a 10 mile lap, but, um, I'm just very grateful, uh, again for this opportunity. So that switched up a little bit, but I hope to achieve my goal of, uh, of finishing the 50 miler in under 12 hours. That's, you know, that's my, my priority so that I have that done for, um, for Vermont. Um, the, the, some of the races require volunteer hours. So, um, I offered myself after I race to volunteer for the hundred mile event at bootlegger. There is a hundred mile event, uh, so, um, you know, to help not only help them, but also, um, perhaps pick up some volunteer hours for, um, for one of the races, uh, be it Vermont or be it, uh, Wasatch, they, you know, there, there are volunteer requirements that I have to fulfill. So, um, trying to take care of all of that. So that said, um, you know, it's, uh, it's coming along. Um, now, uh, the training itself, uh, I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's coming back. Um, I, you know, I, I was, um, I'm, I'm going back into, um, going back into my training log here and, um, you know, I, if I go back into the fall, uh, like that's when, um, my, um, my ankle injury occurred. Um, I, um, I injured it, um, kind of, uh, late October, um, had to take a few weeks off to make sure that, uh, the ankle was okay. Um, it looks like around November 21st is actually when I started running again. I uh, started building back, um, and growing my mileage. Um, my first week back, I had about 22 and a half miles and, um, you know, ankle being okay. I started to grow my mileage. So, um, I went from 22 and a half to 29 and a half, um, week three, I actually jumped up to, um, 40 and three quarters of a mile, 
So 40, 41 miles, we'll say. Um, so kind of started growing, you know, th- that may have been a little bit of a big jump in the training. Um, it was probably just me being itchy, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, but, um, yeah, so December 5th that week, you know, was up to 40 miles, 41 miles, then, um, December 12th, 47 and a half. So, um, kind of growing back my long run. That was the first time I hit double digits, um, in, in coming back. I had a 10 mile long run. So my long run started out, uh, just really minuscule the week one. I, I really didn't get further than three and a half miles. Um, week two, uh, about four and a half miles week three, uh, got up to eight and a half miles, uh, week four, 10 miles. So you can see how I kind of was growing in the distance, uh, had a medium long runs. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was growing the medium long runs as well. Um, in the week that I did 10 miles, my medium long run was eight miles. So again, you know, just kind of coming back growing. So from 10 miles, I grew up to, or went up to 12 miles as my long run. I got in 48 miles that next week. Um, and then you can see this all in Strava if you look, um, but, uh, from 12 miles, I went up to 15 miles and another kind of big jump in a weekly mileage here went up to 66 miles, um, that week of December 26th. Uh, so, um, had a holiday week there, so I was able to put in a little extra distance. Um, but yeah, so 66 miles, 15 mile long run, a 12 and a half mile medium long run along with uh, nine and 11 mile runs. So, you know, volume is definitely building here, um, getting a lot, you know, stronger. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was it definitely, uh, was, was better. Um, I, I can see a note where, um, I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm growing here and feeling better. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think we started, uh, throwing in some, uh, some, um, some weighted vest training at the beginning of January, um, had a down week, uh, from 66 miles. I came down to 61 the first week of January, um, but still had two 10 mile runs and a 13 mile run. So again, growing, but adding in some, some weight vest walks, um, and adding some, some hills and, and strides. Uh, so, uh, the week of January 9th, uh, hit almost 70 miles, 69.78 and, uh, 17 mile long run. So first time that, you know, I really hit, uh, for me, uh, a longer run. So when I say that a 17 mile long run, we have to take this in the perspective. Uh, I've been running since 1990. Okay. Been at this sport a long time. I ran through college, you know, and in college I was used to doing hundred mile weeks by the end of it. Um, I ran for a division one program at NC state. We were a very strong program. We won ACCs all five years. I was there in cross country. We were third in cross country, my final year. So when I talk about this, I have a background of endurance. Like I've grown as a runner since college as well. You know, I've continued to run, continued to grow. I, w- I did marathons when I first got out of college, got my PR down to 227 in the marathon, and I, I grew. So you know, I got out of college in 2000, and um, I ran the U.S. Um, Trail Marathon Champs in 2007, winning that in 230. So, you know, again, it wasn't until 2008 that I actually ran my first ultra, and that was a 50K. I ran 325 at the New River 50K. So, uh, again, just growing as an athlete, growing as an endurance athlete, it wasn't until 2014 that I ran my first 50-miler. So, again, took some time to build into the distance and, and respect the fact that I needed to have the endurance to do so. It wasn't until 2000. 
2016 that I ran my first hundred miler. And it wasn't until last year, 2022, that I ran a 200 miler. So I've really grown in the sport uh, over that time. Um, you know, as I've aged, I've had to back off, you know, in my thirties, I could get away with doing 110 miles as a training week. But as I've grown and as I've gotten older, I've learned that I don't recover as I used to. So now as a 45-year-old, you know, a week like I had last week, I had about 85 miles um, last week. That becomes a lot on on a 45-year-old body, uh, especially with young children, right? My kid's uh, daughter is uh, 12 now. Son now is about to be 16. Uh, You know, I, I do a lot with them. Um, I, it's, uh, I've got a, a busy life taken after, I, you know, watch them take care of the house. Um, I coach not only high school, but I coach, uh, you know, uh, uh, about, I don't know, 80 to 90 athletes. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly busy. So managing all of this stuff, it takes a toll on me. And so I can't do what I used to do. And that's what I have to recognize. So when I talk to you about these distances, about these weekly mileages, it's, it's, it's the fact that I've grown to be able to handle it. But there is a certain point where now I, I look at it, uh, whereas I used to be able to do 110, maybe 120 miles um, as a, a peak mileage, maybe 90 to 100 as my average mileage. I can't get there now. I, you know, I can't recover like I used to, no matter how slow I go on my easy days, no matter what I take for my off days, it's just too much. Uh, my body just doesn't, you know, have the capacity to do that kind of mileage and recover. So, uh, where I'm at is I'm finding comfort in 70, 75 miles as my average week, whereas 85 to 90 might now be more of a peak week for me. And I need to recover that following week uh, as I'm doing this week. So last week I did 85. This week I've backed down, which is nice because it's leading me into the 50 miler. So I can taper next week and, and you know be ready for race day. But that's, that's what you have to understand. If you're not recuperating, if you're not recovering, if it's taking you too much time to recover from how much mileage you're doing on a weekly basis, you need to pull the mileage back. Um, a number of factors come into this. Stress, as I talked about, is one of them right? So what is your job obligations? Uh, stress, not only is it, um, stress that's created by anxiety from work, but how stressful or manually intensive is your labor? Like, do you do stuff that requires you to be on your feet and using your muscles all day long? If you're sitting at a desk, it doesn't require the same amount of, of labor. It doesn't require the same amount of stress, but at the same time, if you are under pressure, under deadlines where you feel stressed quite often, that's, you know, that's, that has to be taken into account as well. Stress is stress. So recognize what stress you have in your life. How much does it take out of you? Um, how, um, how much can you sleep? right? So if you're not sleeping enough, you're not going to be recovering as much. You have to take that into account as well. Um, you have to take into account your diet, right? So how well are you eating? How well are you nourishing your body? If your mileage is going up, your calorie consumption needs to match it. We don't eat to run. <laughs> Excuse me. We don't run to eat. We have to, um, make sure that we're nourishing our body with enough calories to sustain what we're trying to accomplish. Be sure you're hydrating, right? That's one thing that I recognized that I was not doing well over vacation. I was not hydrating well enough. So I've come back and really made a commitment to stay hydrated and work on hydrating myself better. Um, so, um, take all of that into account. Uh, so, and then on top of it, like, what are you trying to do in your running? Like, are you just doing volume and building volume? Uh, if you're not recovering from that again, reduce the volume. 
If you're adding workouts, make sure the workouts aren't too hard or too often that you're recovering from the workouts. Don't keep adding on things that you know will create stress and create a fatigue in you that you cannot recover from. Be careful in that regard. And then um, also, if you're um, if you're doing workouts, um, make sure that um, your easy days are easy enough, right? So don't always be going hard. Monitor your efforts. Make your easy days super easy. I, I can't reiterate this enough. I say it in almost every podcast episode. Make your easy days super easy. Jog. Shake it out. Like it's really just a shuffle on those days. You shouldn't be running hard. It's, you know, it's one of those hard things, but the amount of gains that you will get from those easy days and taking your easy days super easy will benefit you more on your hard days. You'll be able to go harder. You'll get more aerobic capacity by taking your easy days super easy. So really, you know, uh, just kind of embrace those easy days as hard as it may be. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes is recognizing that you're going too hard too often. So recognize that if you're doing it and see if that helps in your recovery process. Um, but again, monitor those things, uh, looking at Strava again, you know, I'm just going through all this stuff and you may see that, oh man, you know, he just put in a uh, a 16 and a half mile run. And then two days later, he's doing an 18 mile run. Yes, that's, that's true. Um, you can see that, uh, I didn't have a great run on that 18 mile run the day in between I did 11 and I felt great. I felt absolutely awesome. Um, but it, you know, perhaps it was too much three days in a row. Um, cause you know, I, like I said, felt great Saturday, but Sunday it was, there's just one of those, well, I just made it through it. Um, you know, there's other factors that went into that. Obviously we were on vacation, so I was walking a ton. As I said, I wasn't hydrating properly. My diet was way off. I was not eating well at all. My, you know, it was not, not a great, uh, um, I was getting calories, but we'll just say they weren't good calories. So, um, you know, those things are important, especially in a high volume week. Uh, so recognizing that, uh, I needed recovery. So this is where I bring in my coach. Uh, we, uh, we would discussed, you know, um, uh, we had a conversation, uh, yesterday and I just said, Hey man, like just not feeling good. Um, you know, Monday I took a day off. Uh, Tuesday just was kind of, I just felt run down. Like I was kind of battling a cold or something like that. And that's usually how I feel if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting to overtrain a little bit, if I'm going too hard, um, doing too much. So, you know, um, we talked about it. Uh, he had a, a workout on the docket for today and, uh, you know, I said, I just, I need another day. I need one more day to recover. So we, we, we plugged in a recovery day today instead. So I just went for another normal run. Actually, legs came around today. They felt so much better. Um, again, I was focusing on all those ancillary things, though. I was focusing on my hydration. I was focusing on my nutrition. I was focusing on my sleep, um, You know, getting in those key components to make sure that my body was recovering and getting what it needed in order to sustain another effort. So you know, but that's what it takes. It takes that communication. Um, and when, uh, Patrick and I worked back in, uh, 2000 and let's see, when did that lead up to 2020? Uh, yeah, it was right before COVID. Um, you know, I, I just didn't feel like our communication was there. We weren't on the same page and I, I had to take a break cause I was just, I was, you know, I told Patrick, I said, I just don't feel like, um, we're engaging, you know, we're not communicating. 
And, uh, you know, so I took a break, but that, that kind of opened Patrick's eyes and he was like, Oh man, like, you know, Aaron's right. Like I need to be more engaged and communicative. And that's what we've changed is our communication with one another. Um, I tried to do the same thing with my athletes. I, I have, I try to have them communicate how they're feeling. Do we need to back off? Are we okay to push ahead? You know, what's going on? Do we need to change anything? You know, and, and it's in that regard, if we need to change the schedule, that's great. And that's what you need to recognize. Even if you don't have a coach is, you know, you may have something on your schedule, but if you're not feeling it, if you don't feel like you are recovered or ready for that next workout, long run, et cetera, then you need to pull back. You need to recover. You need to just say, you know, it's, it's okay to take an easy week. You know, the kids that I, I coach in high school, uh, you know, usually teenagers are boundless energy, <laughs> but there are times when they just don't feel good. They could have a stressful week. It might be finals week. It may be, uh, you know, they've had a tough time with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and it, it's, it's okay. I tell them it's all right. You know, like the important thing is the end of the season. We need to get you there healthy. And so if I have to pull them out of a workout or if I have to just have them do a little bit more recovery, that's okay. You know, I tell them that's okay. You know, we're, we're going to make sure that you're ready for the end of the season. We, you know, I want to make sure that we continue to grow, not continue to stagnate. And that's what you need to recognize in your training is sometimes it's okay just to have a recovery week to just pull back on the training and say like, you know, I, in order to move forward, I need to take a step back. And that's, that's what you need to do. And that's okay. So, um, giving you the okay to take a step back sometimes and just say, this week, I need to just take an easy week. That may be mentally too. Uh, you know, it's not only physically that we can get fatigued or burnt out. Mentally, sometimes it's just hard to continue training day after day. And you may need that mental break. Sometimes I just ask my athletes when they start to say, I'm just, I just don't want to go out and run today. Um, if I hear that multiple days in a row, I say, Hey, you know, why don't you just take the next week and just do whatever you want to do? If it's a day off, that's fine. If you want to go out for 30 minutes, that's fine. If you want to go out for an hour and a half, that's okay. Listen to your body, listen to what your mind and body are telling you. And, and that's something you have to acknowledge is sometimes we don't have the mental, uh, capacity to, uh, to continue training at a, a given level. So give yourself that mental break sometimes you know, turn off the watch. Uh, if you're so obsessed with Strava that you need the, the run to show up, turn on your phone and throw it away, like throw it in your back pocket. Don't look at it. Don't worry about what pace you're running or how far you've gone or what time you're at. Just let it run, go for a loop that you're like, I think I'll really enjoy running this loop. Then stop your phone when you're done. Okay. You can look at the data afterwards, but on the, you know, over the course of the run, don't worry about it. Just shut it off. Uh, that's a great way to kind of do things. So, um, you know, key takeaways here, it's about you. It's not about what everybody else does. And that's the hard thing. We look at, you know, again, we look at Strava a lot of times, social media, we see these people posting, you know, Oh, like I did this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's a great celebration and you should be happy for those folks. They had a great run. They did something great. You know, um, it, it, I try to be honest on Strava, just like I was with that long run. It, it was not a good day. Like I have those, they happen. And there's multiple reasons that that can happen. And, and sometimes it's hard to pick out that reason. Sometimes it's not, but you know, when you look at it, at least you have that, that kind of training log to, to go back and say, you know, wow, like I did this, I did that, I did the other thing. And, 
you know, you can see what's, what your trends are, you know, what was good, what was bad, why was it bad? Why was it good? How can you apply that moving forward so that you have more good days than bad days? So use that tool, use that. Don't just kind of use it to kind of post your run, like really kind of put your notes in there. You know, I, I've, I've done a podcast in the past where I talk about using, you know, your training log, use Strava for that regard. My athletes use training peaks. That's what we communicate through, but we can use those things as tools to make us better runners in the future. Now to answer Kathleen's question, uh, now training, if it, you know, it, and, and she made the caveat that, you know, we are getting older and as we age, it's tougher to have those key, you know, those, those peak performances. Um, and that's a great point. You know, we may not be able to run as fast as we used to, but we still want to perform to some level or some expectation of where we're at. Uh, and I totally understand that. Now that said, there are given training cycles where it's just not going to plan. Um, and for whatever reason, you're just not yielding the results that you have in the past. So that said, um, I would take a step back, look at what you're doing. Are you doing the same thing that you did in the past? Uh, are you doing the same training plan that you used previously? Cause if you are, here's what I'd suggest change it. <laughs> um, the body, it, it, it stagnates if you do the same thing over and over again. It needs new stimulation, whatever that may be. It needs a change. So if you're, you know, you're you've used to doing peak VO2 intervals um, frequently, right? Your body may just be saying, uh, like, I've I've cashed that system out. I've given you all I can. If you keep feeding me those intervals, I need something different. I need a different stimulus. So try lactate threshold intervals. Okay. Um, you know, it, it can be, um, just including more recovery days. I, at one point in my career, I was doing, you know, two workouts a week. And uh, as I aged and found that I wasn't recovering from those two workouts a week, I, I just changed it to one workout a week. I may do strides in one workout. Uh, so just change the stimulus. You know, if you're not doing a medium long run, throw in a medium long run instead of a second workout. If you're not doing strides, throw in strides. See if that variable helps. Um, if you, you know, again, if you are looking at your log and you've increased volume, uh, you know, significantly over the course of four to five weeks, and your body's feeling stagnant, tired, fatigued, whatever it may be, take a down week. Now, there's nothing to say, and I've talked about this in the past, that you need to go up three weeks and down one. The, the body doesn't work in that cycle, unfortunately. It, you know, it's, it's an easy way to make sure that you're getting in an easy week, but you can grow beyond that. So you know, recognizing that, okay, I've been up for four or five weeks and I am tired, then take a down week, okay? Um, like I said, it's an easy way to do it. You can do it, um, but there's no science behind building up for three weeks and then down for one um, other than the fact that you are getting in a recovery week, but uh, you could be losing training in that regard as well. So, but recognize when you do need those down weeks. That's, that's a, a really huge thing. Uh, so again, training's not going accordingly. Try to change the stimulus. Okay. Uh, especially if you're doing the same thing that you've done in the past over and over again, change the stimulus. Um, let's say you change the stimulus and you're still not yielding the results you want. Um, so in that case, um, I would say, okay, let's look at the goal race. Okay. Um, 
it based on some of the benchmarks, maybe previous races or races that you're doing during that training block. What are those yielding? What results are those saying that, you know, you'll produce on your goal race day? Uh, well, you can use a calculator, right? There are race calculators that you can plug in current performances based on that. What should I yield on race day? And that will give you more of a, a realistic expectation. So you adjust your goals. Okay. Um, so adjusting your goals is, is a good way to be real with yourself. Here's where I'm at. So here's what I should expect. Um, that's tough to, to recognize that, especially after training super hard, but we also need to recognize when we begin that, you know, we may not yield the goal or the, the time or place that we initially thought we have to be okay with that upfront. That's really hard is recognizing that, you know, things might not turn out the way we want. And what I would say to that is it's good to have, you know, B and C goals as well. Right. So, all right, if I don't make that time, you know, what's a B goal? What would I be satisfied with if that doesn't come to fruition? Okay. And then, all right, you know, B goal went out the window. What about C? What's what goal can I make that, you know, I have another fallback to say, okay, you know, A and B didn't happen. Now what's, what's the possibility of C, right? And that just may be finishing and that's a, you know, sometimes that's what it is. That's what the day hands us. No matter what we did, you know, everything went well. There was nothing pointing to a day like you were going to have. It just happened, right? Uh, For whatever reason, you know, bad sleep, bad stomach, whatever the reason may be to have a bad day, you know, it could have been. But if you're, you know, you're having a bad training cycle, uh, at least you have these other goals to fall back on. So again, you know, creating a realistic A goal or reestablishing a realistic A goal and then having your B and C goals follow those goals. That's, that's a a great way to look at it. Um, you know, I, I think another good thing is to reach out to someone that, you know, understands training coach or a friend, uh, and, and just say, Hey, can you look over my training with me? And do you see any holes in my training or see where I'm going wrong? Why am I having this stagnation? Why am I not yielding the results that I want? That's a really good thing to do is, you know, is to have somebody else look over your shoulder and say, you know, well, that's, you know, that's, um, it's, you know, here's, here's a few things that I would suggest. Maybe you try this, or maybe you try these things and incorporate these and see if you find a difference. Um, or just maybe you're doing too much and they say, Hey, I would just back off here. Um, potentially you're doing your heart, your heart, your easy days too hard. Uh, you know, all of these things, it's, it's good to kind of look at those, uh, and have that, that secondary, you know, glance. Like I said, you know, I, I've got, um, Patrick in my corner, uh, which is, you know, it's great for me because if I didn't, I know I'd be doing too much. I'm one of those guys that just loves to go out and just do mileage and, and build volume and do, you know, long runs, uh, that are way too long. (laughs) I I recognize that. So having that, uh, accountability that, you know, that person that's looking over my shoulder and saying, Hey, Aaron, you're doing too much, you know, recognize that, uh, you should probably back off a little bit, uh, because, you know, uh, we, you're not recovering, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting better. Uh, so, um, you know, have those conversations and, you know, find somebody that you can trust that you can have those conversations with. Um, I will be speaking with a sports psychologist, um, and, and actually, uh, tomorrow we're recording episode, which should come out next week. Um, and in this conversation, I'm going to bring up this topic as well. How we're, how can we deal with these things mentally? Um, how do, can we deal with, uh, you know, uh, failure of, uh, not reaching a goal? 
um, or you know a DNF on if those that unfortunate circumstance arises. Uh, so we'll be talking about those things um, in in the next episode, and uh, hopefully we'll give you some some more insight, perhaps some some different um, ideas than what I've brought up in this episode. But um, you know, I I, I just want to say I do appreciate everybody's support. Um, it is so encouraging, you know, uh, it, I feel really supported by the, uh, the community, um, not only in my fundraising goals, but you know, in my training, uh, I really want to thank everybody for, for their comments and, uh, you know, for reaching out to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you, um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Joe who, who listens to the podcast, he reached out to me the other day about coaching. Um, it, it means the world to me when, when folks ask about coaching. Um, I do have a few spots that are open for coaching. Um, so if you want to reach out, uh, and talk about coaching, uh, I'd love to talk about that possibility with you. Um, talk about what that entails, what your expectations are, what my expectations are. That's a great conversation to have. Uh, so, you know, feel free to reach out to me in that regard. And if you want to hear more about coaching again, please consider donating to either of my campaigns, uh, the Vermont adaptive or the challenge athlete foundation. Uh, once again, those links are in the show notes. I really encourage you to, to help these athletes. If you can, um, you've already made, you know, a world of difference to, to my efforts and my, you know, my, uh, my motivation and inspiration. Um, you know, not only, uh, am I inspired by these athletes that get to, uh, participate in sport, but also by your generosity, uh, you know, like I said, my, my why grows stronger each day. So I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for listening to the podcast, for being a part of this. Um, if you have questions about any of this, anything that I've gone over, don't hesitate to reach out. Happy to answer questions. You can do through uh, whatever platform is easiest for you. Uh, again, people you know, ask me questions through Strava, uh, email me. Uh, you can you know, contact me through my website, mrrunningpains.com, uh, however it's easiest for you. Uh, I'm happy that I get to, to share this. Uh, you know, I'm an open book. Uh, if you want to ask questions, uh, you know, uh, I'm on the same page as Patrick. I understand where I'm going, what, what we're doing. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I, I really, I try to do the same with my athletes. So if, if I can help to any capacity, I'd love to be that resource for resource for you. So thank you for that opportunity. Uh, and thank you again for listening until next time, my friends keep running.